My name is Michael Dreiber. I'm a UK-based comedian and I love music. So I've asked some friends of mine to tell us about their favourite tracks and make us a mixtape. This is Mixtapes with Mike. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mixtapes with Mike, the podcast where I invite a guest to create a mixtape of 10 tracks, of which they're not allowed to use the same act more than once. We're going to talk about each of those tracks, and if you like the sound of what we discussed, then you can listen to that mixtape on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the links in the show notes. Today's guest is a stand-up comedian and a good friend of mine, Lucy Thompson. Is this where I come in? That is where you come in, Lucy. Hello. Hi, Mike. You're smooth as ever. I know, faultless. Uh, Much like my stand-up. <laughs> How are you, darling? You're right. I'm all right, thank you. Um, I've been, I've taken to uh, sitting out in front of my house on a deck chair like a, a Southern American man. What with, with a drink in hand, I hope. Oh yeah, and a gun. <laughs> my God, no, I'm fine. I'm very well. So it, it's probably worth mentioning that at the time of the recording, we are in the middle of the uh, COVID nineteen lockdown. So is this not coming out tomorrow? Uh, well, I've got, there is a queue of uh, episodes to edit and produce. Well, maybe you could fast track your key workers. <laughs> so. <laughs> so we were just discussing a moment ago that Lucy is actually working in uh, pastoral education uh, during all of this, uh, which has got to be an interesting and challenging prospect with everything that's been going on. So I know you from the stand-up circuit, which has yeah. got to be going on five years at this point. Yeah, I think we met in 2014, so six years, really. Oh my God, there you go. Uh-huh. You knocked it on the head for a little while, but you, and then you started slowly kind of coming back once you finished your and then there was a, And then there was a major pandemic. Yes, I think the universe is trying to tell you something, Liz. Yeah, I think it's like, come on, come on, babe. Nobody wanted you to come back. <laughs> Nobody asked for this. Although, weirdly, do you know that the last four jobs I've had have all... The business has stopped. It's closed down. <laughs> so they've always when I was to do my masters and do my university course. So they're, they're all pubs, and they all have closed down while I was working at them. Uh, I'm not saying I'm responsible for the pandemic, but I think we all know <laughs> some some bad luck is following you around. Guilty as charged. Okay, so uh, we've got ten tracks. Can't use the same artist more than once. Uh, I've listened to your, your mixtape a couple of times actually, um, and you you revised it because we we originally put this together quite a while ago because I've been a bit yeah. slack with putting these out, but I'm getting back on it now. Um, but who's your first track by? My first track is by Sonic Youth. Okay, cool. Now I've not listened like I'm aware of them and I've heard like the odd track, but I never really delve really deep into them. Um, yeah, quite weird. Yeah, yeah, because the the sound is very varied. It's not like they've got like a consistent sort of this is our sound. They really seem no. to experiment and go off in all these different tangents. And if if the tangent you hear at the moment in time doesn't catch you, you might not delve deeper. But no, I know, there's a I know lot of out there. on their albums. There's a lot of skippers, <laughs> let's say. So That's you might get sort of. 
half the album will be like absolutely incredible, half the album being absolutely harsh. Wow. I don't mind that. Well, that's a that's a that's a, that's a very uh, brutally honest sort of uh, appraisal, especially yeah. as a fan. When they're good, they're so good, so good. I think they're really, really, probably one of the most influential indie bands of all time, really. Mm-hmm. And you're a, like, American indie bands of all time. And you're you're a massive grunge fan as well. Exclusively, Exclusively. I had to. I really have to. Um, I had to really go into the archives to find basically 10 songs that weren't off Nevermind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, In my dream mixtape is literally just Nevermind. Well, we are, we're, not allowed, we're not allowed to do that. That's that's just no. an album review. Um, so, so you, with Sonic Youth, you've got very, you know, you, you seem, you know, you seem to know exactly what they're about and you've, you've got you're, you're not one of these blindly loyal fans that just thinks everything's amazing like you fully hold your hands up to the fact that they did okay uh, and, and what about this track uh, this is just I, I think this song is quite is the greatest indie song ever written you never want it to end everything about it is just glorious and understated and it's just incredible. It's my funeral song uh, because it's just a super, super bit of music. That's an interesting pick as a funeral song. I actually have that down as a, a potential compilation mixtape episode, like a themed one with like, what would you have? Oh, well, I'm your gal. <laughs> <laughs> but this, 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 this sounds a little upbeat for a funeral song, surely. Well, you know, after they've read Stop the Clocks, let's come back up. <laughs> okay, so this track is? Uh, it's Teenage Riot. Okay, so moving on from Sonic Youth, who's your next track by? Um, oh, I've, I've, I've gone very American. In fact, a bar one artist, they're all American. Um, no, two. Um, Pixies. Pixies. Okay. Uh, no, I've got a lot. I've, I've dedicated a little bit more time to listen to the Pixies. Um, again, like one of the kind of kind of godfathers of that sort of indie alternative rock kind of scene and hold on oh wow there's yeah. lynn there's lynn the dog yeah I to, she's so old i have to pick her up onto the sofa now oh bless her oh no she's still she's still uh hilariously aggressive to anyone that's not you no she's mellowed a bit actually okay in her age i think she still hates tom <laughs> oh, poor uh, just God. for reference that's Thomas our comedy pal and one of my best and longest friends um, and who's also one of the nicest men in the world and she fucking hates him hates him 
some, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't. Well, maybe he looks like a, a like a past trainer that didn't wasn't uh, all too, all too nice to her. Or maybe he isn't. Maybe Linda sees something we don't, and he isn't the nice man we all think he is. Oh, really? She sees she sees the real Tom. She knows a nonce when she sees one. <laughs> Literally told me to like look over his original episode of mixtapes so I could edit out anything that was questionable given his current. No, life. I'm fine with the world hearing that. They <laughs> need to know. <laughs> so, the Pixies. Yes. Um, so, uh, how, so uh, how did you get into the Pixies? Uh, I remember it vividly. I was at college doing my A levels, so it would have been around circa. 2001, 2002, and I met uh, a sort of group of people who are still like some of my absolute best friends now. And it's a guy called Stan Stockdale, and um, he had got into them, and I hadn't really listened to anything by them at this point because I was still on the Nirvana train, solely Nirvana train uh, at this point. And he was like, "Oh, I've, I've, he's like, you've got to listen to this album." Uh, and he bought it from Fop in Leamington Spa. And he was like, I was like, oh, let me, he was like, no, you can't borrow it, go and buy your own. So I was like, all right. Uh, so I went and bought it and I got home and I, um, I put it in the CD player. And it's, this has only happened a handful of times, a handful of bands, when I've instantly been like, this is one of the best things I've ever heard. And that happened with, um, Surfer Rosa. It was just like, you stopped, I stopped what I was doing, sat down, I listened to the opening tracks, and I just listened to them again, and then again, and again. Brilliant. So it just grabbed you? Yeah. yeah I just, I never really heard, so, so, so my, you'd be hearing a lot about Nirvana in this, so my reference point of the kind of loud, quiet, loud, quiet, loud, quiet sound had been Nirvana at this point. So Team Spirit, which they did in Team Spirit. And they had obviously been influenced massively by the Pixies, but I'd never listened to the Pixies. So I had to hear the original sort of source of that loud, quiet, loud, quiet, loud, quiet sound was, well, it, was it, it was literal music to my ears, Michael. It was wonderful. Amazing. Okay, so this track is? Bone Machine. Uh, all right, so moving on from the Pixies, who's the next track by? The greatest band in the world ever. Westlife. That's Nirvana, of course. Okay, now originally you picked uh, In Bloom for this section, but you switched yeah. it out. Um, Last um, night, yeah. So this track, I think, is probably one of the more guttural, sort of aggressive tracks from from the Nevermind album. It's so, it's. I say it's the one track that's pure punk. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, it's um, and it's fucking brilliant. I think, like, I, I think Nevermind is one of those albums where there's 
literally not one track that I would skip. It's, it's, it's faultless. As an album, it's absolutely, it's a genre, era defining album. Right, I mean, cause I, mean I, didn't, I didn't really like, how old were you when you got like obsessed with Nirvana? Fifteen. Uh, yeah, I was about, I was about fourteen. So I think, I think and it's, it's it, never waned. No, no, and I, I think, and I've seen loads of uh, like guys younger than me who all had like their that that point where they discovered Nirvana, and it all seemed to be around that fourteen, fifteen year old mark. And yeah, something about that album that just sort of resonates. Maybe just at that age in particular. I mean, like, and so like I. I didn't latch onto it when it first came out because I would have been a little young at that point, but maybe yeah, same. a couple of years later. I remember seeing like the music videos on like the ITV chart show because we didn't have yeah. ITV. Yeah. I remember hearing the singles that would be on that and it, it definitely sort of pricked my ears up and was like, what is that? And I, yeah. at that point, didn't really understand it, but I was, it definitely got my attention. And then a, a couple of I think of years, you need to have some angst in your life when you first listen to it to be absorbed in it. Yeah, that's a fair point. If you're, if you're sort of that little bit too young and life is quite cool, like you're in middle school and you haven't really got any worries and anything like that, then it's not really going to resonate you. But as soon as you hit that sort of teenage age when actually life does become quite... Complicated. Quite problematic. Yeah. Then, which... which like it does for everybody like it doesn't matter sort of what background you're from or anything you're gonna have a point in your sort of teenage life when you fucking hate everyone and you hate everything because you're and everyone hates you <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, because, because your perspective is completely changing because you your your body is changing and your mind with it so yeah and you don't feel understood and you don't feel like people are listening and yeah, and a track like this is something that kind of reels against that. It's, it's, it's definitely sort of kicking back. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just an album that you can really, like, it, it makes you listen, it forces you to listen to it. And I think that, you know, the fact that it, so I think it started off at something like 175 in the sort of Billboard, Billboard Hot 100. And then sort of like, by word of mouth and airplay and exposure, people were like, this is such a good album. It just crept and it crept and it crept and it crept and it crept. And then just eventually, I think it knocked bad off a number one spot, yeah. which is like, which is mad. Yeah, crazy. And it really, that was when people were like, okay, grunge is the, is, is the genre of now. This okay. is a thing, this is happening. So this track is? Uh, territorial Pissings. Okay, so this next track when I first listened to this playlist, uh, really surprised me because, like, it's it's not it's not in the same sort of tone as the the rest of the playlist. No. But so, so who's this by? 
um, Northern State. Now, I had never heard of them until you sent me this list. So tell me what you know about Northern State. It's very little. Um, I I know that it's just uh, sort of three three gals. Uh, I think they're from Brooklyn. Um, And they are all of, uh, I think, Hispanic descent. Is that (laughs) origin? I don't know. Um, And yeah, it's it's a hip hop record by three girls who weren't at the time professional musicians at all and it's I've, I've never I've never been a sort of hip-hop fan um, being you know very much pure grunge listener mm-hmm. um, and I just I listened to it it was on uh, a playlist uh, so I was I'm in well I wasn't it, it doesn't exist anymore uh, it's kind of like um a Leicester-based feminist group okay. who just sort of used to get together and discuss issues and things. You know, it was all, yeah, it was just sort of people who didn't know each other getting together and becoming friends, really. It was mm-hmm. quite sweet. Uh, and one of them, like, so people cobbled together uh, a playlist of sort of female artists, female-led artists. And I listened to it and I was introduced to quite a few uh, sort of bands and singers that I hadn't heard of, which was really cool. So it's always nice to discover new stuff. And this was on there and I listened to it and I fucking loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Amazing. It's, it's nice when something like out of left field catches your attention so that you've mm. got something other than that same genre or that same flavour to, to consume. Yeah. It's nice, like a... And then from that, um, so the sort of main person in Northern State is one called Hester Pritt. She's uh, she's a DJ and a producer, and she's done she's done quite a few records uh, on her own. And sort of, you know when you go down a rabbit hole of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she did like a, a cover version of a Butthole Surfers song. It was brilliant, really oh. good. Okay, I'm definitely going to find that. Yeah. What was the what was yeah. the by Butthole Surfers? Uh, off the top of my head, I can't. It's, it's gone. All right, I'll have to. But I'll, I'll message you after with it. All right, amazing. I think if you put Hester Prynne into Spotify, it's like the first song that comes up. It's like number one on the most listened to. Really good. And so, uh, so this this is uh, Mother May I by Northern State. Amazing. We may not win a Grammy, but it could be a Tony. You might have seen us live on the Isle of Coney. Take the long way home because I like to roam. Enjoy a lemonade spritzer with Elliot Spitzer. I'm all right, so that's Northern State dealt with. Who's the next track by? Sorry, Mike, I was guzzling then. Um, cider, that is, not uh, <laughs> anything else. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, Mike, caught me with a knob in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the last thing I would expect you. Well, exactly. Exactly. I'm aware of your orientation, but hey. um, I'm aware of your orientation. All right. (laughs) uh, Who isn't? So I was trying to be like uh, culturally sensitive whilst recording the podcast. You haven't got to be culturally sensitive, Mike. I'm well aware you're a lezer, so it's fine. Um, Yeah, there we go. There we go. Okay, so your next track is by Uh, Sugar Cubes. Cool. Now, Again, 
more aware of the the front woman of Sugar Cubes than I am of the band. I had heard this track before, yes. and um, what's that other track that that was quite popular? Those um, where she sings the lyric that this wasn't supposed to happen. I don't know, I've only really listened to this, of the Sugar Cubes. I couldn't really get into anything else. Oh, this was a real standout track for me. So it's literally just this one that kind of grabbed... I, like, I looked into it, like, I checked the albums out on Apple, and they, it seems like they had like this really sort of prolific period where they had like an album out in 88, 89, 91, 92, and then I guess that's the point where... And then Bjork was like, I'm doing this on my own, I am carrying this, guys. And then she just um, went and did so her I'm own. going alone. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so so if this is like just like a standalone track that got hold of you, how did you discover this one? Um, I, th- I was uh, I went through a well, I'm still in it. I still really, I really really like Bjork, okay. um, and I think I was listening a lot to Debut, right. um, which is brilliant. It was just so, like what an album, uh, so many absolute bangers on there. Um, and I was kind of like, I think I'd been drinking quite a lot of wine. And uh, I was just kind of like, God, oh, Bjork is like such a fucking good singer, isn't she? Her voice, like, and her range is just absolutely incredible. So I was like, went obviously down the Spotify sort of rabbit hole once again. Yeah. And, you know, it comes up with, like, if you like this artist, you might also like. Yeah. And obviously <laughs> it was the Sugar Cubes. Yeah. If you like Bjork, the chances are you're going to like the Sugar Cubes. Um and so I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't really ever listened to the Sugar Cube. So I was like, bam, sort of clicked on it. First song was this song. It's the most popular song. And it was just, I remember just thinking like, oh, my God, this is, this is brilliant. This is a really, really sort of wonderful piece of, of, of music. Like the lyrics were so bizarre and so intricate. And also there's a really, really lovely, um, like the music on it is really, really good. Really, really... Um, it's, it, yeah. it just sort of stands out. It just—I don't know I what could the listen to this. is on the guitar. It's got such a distinctive sound. Uh, yeah, I, you know. And I, I and, and speaking of someone who plays, I was just like, how the hell have they made that noise? But it's, but yeah, yeah, it's something that really grabs you about it. Um, there's, yeah, I, and I'm definitely going to look further into the Sugar Cubes now. Um, I've never listened to Bjork in any real kind of depth over the years. I think maybe she was just a little too strange when... A little too out there. Maybe. Um, but I think if you listen to Debut, then it's it's just... It's it's not. It gets a little bit weirder <laughs> post-Debut, but it's like... There's some, like, such good songs on there. And, like, some real, like, sort of... So obviously, it's it's again, it's a, it's a very much a nineties album, sort of mid nineties album, ninety four. Well, I, I wonder um, if she was just really, really ahead of her time, so she makes more sense to us than that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And also, at the time, you know, streaming wasn't a thing, so I was never based on the the snippets that I did here. I wasn't going to commit, you know, fifteen quid. Uh, yeah. To, yeah. Purchasing an album, I wasn't going to take a chance because it was so rare that I could afford to buy a CD 
rather than copy something off of me. Uh, yeah. None of my mates yeah. were, so I never had the opportunity to sort of sample it. But um, no, I think it was such an unusual sound. It what at, at the time would have been like a sea of male-led rock. Yeah. It was such an unusual sound that I it, I think it passed a lot of people by. So this track is uh, birthday. Okay, moving on from the Sugar Cubes, who is our next track by? Ooh, controversial for a Nirvana fan, it's Hole. No, I love Hole. I uh, do. Gotta love Courtney. She's mad. Oh yeah, absolutely mental. And I, I, I know what you mean about like, there are a lot of Nirvana fans who dislike her because they feel that she was this disruptive force. She probably was. Uh, but I don't think that at all. Well, there, there is chat that the other members of the band weren't always that nice to him. Um, no. So depending on what interviews you read or what documentary you watch, um, so, that, you know, you, you do wonder, it would be good to get both sides of the story, but I don't think anyone's ever going to hear like an accurate depiction. But um, No. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine she's the easiest person to just sort of hang around with and chill with. Oh, she's a massive personality in a... And a have you... Have you watched that Nick... It was very controversial at the time, Nick Broomfield documentary, Kurt and Courtney, released yeah. in, like, 1996. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't come across great in that. <laughs> no, she doesn't. And, that, and that's when she would have been recording Celebrity Skin. Um, Which is a fucking brilliant album. Yeah, exactly. Um... And I and I I bought the album that this track that you put on the on the mixtape. I, like I I bought this on on CD just because like I'd seen a couple of music videos maybe, and I knew I I didn't see the I didn't see her as a bad thing necessarily. I didn't fully understand the situation, so I didn't have a reason not to buy it. And I probably bought it because of the connection to Nirvana, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, and it's maybe a little rough around the edges. It's, no, it's nowhere near as as sort of melodically perfect as like Nevermind was. I don't know why I would expect no. it to be. Um, but really fucking raw. And I think like it was released maybe a week after Kirk Bain died. Um, so they went, they went ahead with it. They sort of released it. They were like, no, no, let's do it. And I think for that, it's really it's really symbolic. And of course, it's called Live Through This as well. I was about um, to say, like the, the name, the title of the album is uh, weirdly on point considering what happened and I think it's I mean along possibly along with the artists that I've had already so um, Pixies with Surfer Rosa and Nirvana with Nevermind I think Live Through This um, has the greatest side A track one of any album it's so powerful mm -hmm. I agree Again, I think Live For This is another um, album that doesn't have, doesn't have any skippers on it. It's a really, really solid 12-track album. Yeah, I think my favourite track was Plump. Uh, 
if uh, if memory yeah. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, quite. And I think uh, as the musicians in Hole, so Eric Lanson and Patty Shamel on the drums, really, really, really good musicians. And um, there was didn't Patty, Patty put together a documentary out of like uh, video? Yes, actually, didn't she? Yeah, sure. and she's got a very good book as well. Sure, that documentary's on my shelf in the bedroom that I've just I've just not gone out watching yet. Um, and also um, Melissa Off the Mar, who went off to do her solo projects as well, which is really uh, striking. Did you listen to that? Yeah, she she's got some really really good uh, really good tracks. She looks really striking because I remember I remember the, the the music video for oh, was it Fall on the Waves or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When she was kind yeah, of like, she was just playing the bass, but she was silhouetted against like blue and red backgrounds, and she just—it looked like yeah. some Bond movie. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's, a, a she's incredible. Okay, so this track is uh, Violet. So moving on from Paul, who's our next track by? Uh, Sleater Kinney. Again, this is another one I've never heard of before until you sort of put this list together for us. So like, mm. what can you tell me about? Uh, so Sleater Kinney are really, I would say, sort of stalwarts of the Riot Girl movement, okay. along with Kathleen Hanna, Bikini Kill. Uh, you know, they've been around as long as Nirvana, as long as Hole, as long as Pearl Jam, you know, all the all the big names of sort of the early nineties, they were they were very much Yeah, they were they were they were they were very much there and they've they've never stopped, really. Um, their work rate is incredible and also their ability to keep making really, really good music is I think really under underrated. They're very they're very good bands and they're sort of they were they were very young obviously as was everyone sort of early 90s mid 90s um and obviously now they're sort of in their 40s um and you know you've seen them go from sort of messy riot girl rockers if you will uh and you sort of through time when they never sort of stopped making albums and recording you've just sort of seen them grow up really Okay. And obviously they've, they've become uh, sort of better musicians, better songwriters, and they both both of the sort of uh, obviously it's four and Steve Kinney, but the two the two main ones have both had uh, sort of other bands that preceded uh, Sleater Kinney, and they're both uh, both really 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 good. So, so they're we... just uh, they're very good musicians. So when you say like their work rate, so like, I mean, how many albums have they knocked out? Oh god, Sleater Kinney have probably got maybe ten albums. Jesus, and all of a decent standard as well. Very good, yeah, yeah, all That's very good, good albums. Did you, you, 
sometimes you get people who are just really prolific and they've got the, and they're just constantly releasing stuff. Sometimes the quality you would expect the quality to like vary slightly, especially if they start experimenting. But yeah, and I, I mean, there's, there's there's some. I mean, I'm not gonna. You know, it's not ten incredible albums. But, but there's, 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 there's probably like three superb albums and ten pretty good and um, sorry seven pretty good ones. Okay. So this track is uh, Be Your Mama. Alright, so moving on from Slater Kinney, who's our next track by? Led Zepp. More of a, a an old school rock tune for this one. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, classic. Who do we have to thank for this? Um, Mr. John Thompson, my father. He's a huge, huge Led Zeppelin fan. Okay. And he had uh, this album. And I remember seeing it in the sort of CD rack. And it's got quite an unassuming cover. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of grey, an old man with a pile of sticks on his back. So it wasn't like, to my sort of like uh, young mind, I was kind of like, What's this shit? This is going to be awful. And I probably wasn't until I was about 18 that I listened to it. And I was like, bloody hell, this is really good. Really good. So loud. And then you can find out that Led Zeppelin's a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Way bigger than you realised. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty big. (laughs) My my father-in-law is a massive sort of old school rock fan. So like Led Zeppelin, Sabbath. Stones, yeah, uh, loves it all, um, and he's got loads of sort of Led Zeppelin mem- memorabilia around his house. And I've, uh, I've probably listened to more Zeppelin in the last sort of ten years through knowing him than I've really like by proxy. And I think like another another thing that I quite like about Led Zeppelin. So you know, when you uh, you sort of you, I know that you you do the same. When you sort of like a band or an artist or a stand-up or uh, an actor or an author, you sort of find out everything you can about them. Yeah. You sort of become a little bit obsessed with them, right? And I did so with Led Zeppelin. And they, they're um, they're mad. They're, they were wild. Like, they're really, like, there's some really, like, there's a lot of sort of mythology around them, like, selling their souls to the devil in terms of success and then of course like the death of John Bonham um, like yeah really like really really interesting band to sort of uh, you know read upon and, and, and the likes but it also I think along with certainly a couple of bands we've discussed and probably more so with Led Zeppelin is four incredibly talented musicians like, you know, obviously, uh, Robert Platt, what a voice. Like, you know, along with um, sort of Ozzy, it's, he just opens his mouth and this incredible sound comes out. Yeah. You know, John Paul Jones, fantastic bassist. Jimmy Page, a guitarist. He's, he's going to be in anyone's sort of top 10 guitarist of all yeah. time, surely. Uh, and of course, you know, John Bonham, nobody is influenced. Dave Grohl because nobody hit the skins quite as loud as, yeah. as Bonzo yeah. did. Absolutely, I understand. So this track is uh, Rock and Roll.
be my last loo break. But who well, knows, Mike? Once that's well, you've already got two then. tracks to get through. So. Oh yeah. All right. Should be all right. All right. So we've listened to Led Zeppelin. Who's next? Screaming females. Again, another act I had never heard of until you sent me this list. They are a band that you should absolutely be listening to because they are they're just so underrated and so good. Like they have, I think, maybe five or six albums uh, sort of going back to maybe sort of late 2000, so I think the first one maybe 2008, 2009, and they're still very much um, going now. Um, they are another band who just sort of make faultless albums, really. Really, really, really good sort of uh, indie rock sound. Uh, the front front woman, um, I think her name, Marissa Paternoster, uh, they're from they're from New Jersey, and I think she's been she's sort of consistently voted as one of you know not just the best female guitarists in rock and roll, but just one of the best guitarists in rock and roll. She's incredibly good. Amazing, actually. Yeah. Uh, the description here in Apple Music says mixing e- equal parts Dinosaur Junior and Slater Kinney. So yeah, that's quite that's pretty much nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well worth delving into uh, deeper there then. Yeah, and they're a band that I think when, like when you get into it's quite as you get a bit older. Uh, I don't know if you find yourself, but it's quite hard to get into new music. That's one of the reasons this You're podcast kind of... exists. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be new; it just has to be new to me. So, like, yeah, like, by having these conversations with people um, that I, I know through whatever circles it forces me to look into people I hadn't been aware of previously so it just kind of expands my range because I'm I'm guilty of listening to the same thing over and over oh me too so yeah um, so like the, the, you know like list, talking to to yourself is what my eyes up to a couple of things like uh, Led Zeppelin well yeah and like you know, I'll, you know <laughs> Led Zeppelin Nirvana yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it's completely new to me now. Um, <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's one of the primary reasons for this this podcast coming about, really. But, mm. so I'm seeing uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight albums. Uh, yeah. Last one, I think, yeah, the latest one was 2018, all at once, from the looks of it. Um, yeah, really good. You've been, and you've been following them throughout. Uh, no, I got into them when I think they released their, not the latest one, the album before, which I think is called Rose Mountain. Yep. Uh, so that may be 2016, 15? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I th- again, I think it came up thanks to the sort of witchcraft that is Spotify. Right. Um, when it recommends bands to you and I I, well, I presume I was listening to Dinosaur Junior or Sleater Kidding yeah. and it came up like if you if you like this band why don't you try and I very rarely um, follow that up because I'm quite 
pig-headed. And I'll be, I'll make my own choices, thank you, Spotify. Yeah. Uh, and I think at the time, I think I'd um, confused them with oh, well, screaming trees, <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I love screaming trees. Listen to it, and I was like, oh, this wasn't what I was expecting. This is even better than I was expecting. And then it was a, a kind of, um, you know, when you just listen to an artist sort of exclusively for a, a period of time. Yeah. And they also did uh, um, an incredible cover of Shake It Off by Taylor Swift, which okay. I love so much um, that I wrote uh, a show about it. And it was, uh, I mean, I'm not, you know, Bit of self promotion, but it was, it was nominated for best show for best company. Well, I think so they're, they're very important to me. If you if you've got if you've got something to talk about like that, you should you should absolutely mention it. So, um, so are you, you going to get back into doing sort of full full length shows? Uh, I, I I mean I do I enjoy I would say I've enjoyed writing. So I've done three, no two, three, three full length. Shows, including sketch show at the top, so yeah. three hour shows, um, and I would say that they have been three of like just sort of the greatest achievements that I've ever done. I just find it a lot more enjoyable than stand up. Just doing spots, you know, twenty minutes, fifteen, yeah. ten, whatever. Yeah, just I think it's a real. I think with. I mean, you'll know yourself, and you, of course, you did an hour show, which was absolutely brilliant. I remember you rehearsed at my house, and I was like, "That's the first time like I realised that you weren't just sitting around a campfire with some bongos. You were actually quite good at music." Because I heard, I remember like I listened to you like practicing at my house, and I was like, "Fucking hell, he's so good! He's so good!" And I saw the show, and it was like, honestly, like I'm not just sort of sucking you off because we're doing this podcast <laughs> but it was like the music and how it all went together was so good like when you performed me it was kind of like hair standing up performing yeah i want to revisit that i want to rewrite it because i think i'm a probably I'm, I'm a better writer now and i think that first version of it i was just kind of lumping stand up in around that story that didn't quite sit as well as it could have um but it's still it's such an enjoyable and it showcased your talent as well, I think, which a lot of people hadn't been aware of because you're very, um, you're very understated about it. You're very, what's the word? Well, I mean, like, because when, when I started doing stand up, I'd always wondered about bringing that in, but I didn't want to, mm. I wanted to learn how to write jokes. I didn't want to, yeah. I didn't want to progress in any way, shape or form because of uh, a gimmick to hang it on. So you never saw yourself, like you never went in being like, I'm going to be a musical stand-up? No, I just want to work, like, cause one of the main reasons, because I, like, I, I, I got a, a proper job, as it were, um, and so I just had to kind of concentrate on that. And then I kind of accidentally, I never meant to stop playing, because I, would, I I played quite a lot and did like support slots for people. I never meant to stop playing, it just kind of happened. And then it got to the point where I missed performing in some way and that's how I ended up 
started giving stand-up a go because it was it was less equipment to lump around and there was less yeah. up to do. You know, you, 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 yeah. you don't have to sound check when you turn up to a stand-up gig. You just no. stand on stage and, and tell inappropriate stories about your loved ones. Just silence. <laughs> well, not always silence, though, she. <laughs> I met me more than you, to be honest. <laughs> uh, the, um, I, rem- I don't remember the first gig that we met at, actually. Yeah. And probably still to this day, it's the worst gig I've ever done. Uh, and it was probably literally, it was probably my ninth or tenth stand up gig. I, I don't even think I was in double figures, you know. It was, um, so 2014, right? And it was Can Comedy, uh, a competition. And it was oh, at a God, properly that... rough pub. In, oh god, the village in Winsbury. Alfie Moore was on that night. He was headlining. He was like, get all the newbies doing their doing their competition, then when a proper stand up at the end, right? It must have been one of the promoters who were who introduced Alfie Moore to the stage, right? And they said, obviously, he's been on Radio 4, he has a Radio 4 show, okay? And the couple, absolute shit face behind me, woman, turned to the man and went, who's Radio 4? Who? Who? Who is Radio 4? <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, I don't feel bad, bad about dying here. <laughs> it was like a baptism of fire. I was like, yeah, this is fine. So this track is... Wild. By the Screaming Females. So um, we're now at your final track. We are. Which is by Joanna Newsom. Now I first heard Joanna Newsom when she had I think it was like an orange mobile ad. I think she had like oh, right. a, like a track on that, and I just remember thinking like she had a really unique voice. Here's a true story. Now my mate has worked in New York for ten years walks the same streets every day, just puts his head down. But this day, the power cut day, everything was different. You know, it's true what my mate said. Sometimes things need to switch off for people to switch on. Yeah, it's you think to yourself, this cannot be anyone's voice unless they're a three-year-old child. Childlike is probably the the the, the, <laughs> yeah. the first impression that most people get. Um, and again, like I've heard I've heard tracks, but I've never really devoted any amount of time to or listened to an album. Um, I mean, does it does it wear thin if you listen to her for like long periods of time, or is it? I think you have to be a real... Like, Joanna Newsom has followers who, like, worship her. Um, you know, they travel to the ends of the earth for her. They probably wouldn't listen to any other artist. Uh, so I think if you're in that club, then absolutely it wouldn't. But if you just quite like some of her music, you probably wouldn't be able to do the whole album. Yeah. And so... 
how, how did you discover her? Again, uh, my friend Sam, who uh, introduced me to the Pixies, um, I was living out of the country at the time. So I was out of the loop of a lot of everything, really. Um, you know, because I didn't have, I didn't even have a, I didn't have a phone. Um, I didn't have a computer. So I wasn't in touch with anybody unless I went to an internet cafe. Okay. Um, which I couldn't really be asked to do that much. I spent sort of months at a time not having contact with anyone back home and just doing my thing. Um, and then sort of I came back, I think it might have been Christmas or something, and sort of my friendship group, these four of us, and they were all talking about her. And I was like, I've never heard of her, I've never heard of her. Um, so I sort of logged it into the back of my mind because I still I didn't have a smartphone, I didn't have a computer, so there's no way of me listening to her. Maybe listening to I had a CD player, I had about a stack of like 10 CDs, and for like three or four years, that was all I listened to, right? Um, so then I came home and I moved back, and I, I was like, I think I I think I've probably been up drinking and listening to music as I sort of want to do. And I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to Joanna Newsome because uh, they, they think I'd just been to see her as well. And they were sort of really gushing about her. I listened to it and I was locked for six. I thought it was like, what an incredible piece of music this song is. I'd never heard anything quite like it because obviously she has a very unique voice. And she's also a harpist. Uh, so I hadn't really listened to her. And I remember, it, again, it was just something like, I listened to it and I was like, bloody hell. Went back and listened to it again. Went back and listened to it again. Because not only is it like, you're, you're hit by sort of three things that Joanna Newsom with it. You're hit by her very, very unusual voice. The fact that she is making a sound that's not really heard in popular music because it's using a harp and you're hit by her lyrics because they are incredible they're mad they're just like oh they're really you listen to every word uh you can hear every word really really well charming is the the main word that came to mind when i think about her lyrics um, yeah really engaging um and i didn't realize until i looked it up today she's actually married to andy sandberg of uh, SNL fame and um, Brooklyn Oh really? I, mean, I, I know very little about her. Yeah. Other than I, sort of the songs that I really really like, this is one of them. The other one is a song called Sadie, um, which is about a dog dying, and it is. I've never not cried my eyes out at it. It's just beautiful and it's so it's just heartbreaking it's just about a dog that she obviously loves just so much and obviously I've got a very sort of elderly lady dog myself so I listened to it last night in fact I was quite pissed last night and I put some music on and listened to it and I was listening to sort of ahead of going in today I was listening to the 10 tracks and then I was like oh I'm gonna listen to Sadie and I don't know why because I knew I was gonna cry and I was really pissed I was like <laughs> Like oh, cuddling Linda, oh, yeah, really yeah. sort of special artist that can do that, really. So, this track is a uh, peach plum pear. Now it's done, 
Now, that was your last track, but we've discovered uh, when trying to put the playlist together on Spotify that there isn't much Joanna Newsom on there. So There's no Joanna Newsom on Spotify. I have permitted you a bonus track so that our listeners on Spotify will still have 10 tracks. So who's your bonus track by? Well, I'm going... Back, back to my roots, back to my passion. I've gone, uh, I've gone back to grunge and uh, Pearl Jam. Okay, so I'm, I'm imagining you, you, you happen upon Pearl Jam by happening upon all those other grand grunge bands that you got into at the time. Yeah, yeah, love them, love, I love them. I got into Pearl Jam quite late though, because none of my sort of circle of friends really listened to them. And it was actually a teacher who lent me 10. Um, when Little was... brown nosing Mike borrowing albums off his fucking teacher. Uh, the, the teacher in question, <laughs> the teacher in question, I think, was eventually sacked because they found out he had no qualifications. He just blagged his way into the job. Um, and led send it CDs to young boys in return for God knows what. Well, you never got. God knows what from me, but I got a CD out of it. But hey, did you keep it? Uh, well, I didn't see him again, so I didn't got ch- never got a chance to return. <laughs> um, but but yeah, like what, fucking hell, what an album! That was just the. Uh, Can we go back to your teacher a minute? <laughs> yeah. He had no qualifications. None. So he was a uh, he was teaching like IT, um, in. So he was teaching me IT in year 11 and then he was supposed to be our psychology teacher as I crossed over into A-level. Fucking hell! <laughs> and then... A-level as well! Yeah. And he was once in dicking around on computers for a bit. Teaching A-level psychology! <laughs> but, but he never got to teach it because we literally got to the first lesson of psychology and we had no teacher. Um, so for the first month and a half of, of my A-levels, we had no dedicated psychology teacher. So um, I, I guess the penny dropped in between, you know, year 11 ending and A-levels beginning. Is that why you ended up working in the shop? Is that why I ended up working in the shop? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I did not go to university because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just... You were doing the music man. Oh no, I wasn't even a music man at that point. I was just snowboarding, so... Mike, would you say that you went to the University of Life? Uh, you (laughs) might say that. Uh, Other people (laughs) might say that I went to School of Hard Knocks. No, I did not tell. Um, (laughs) Famed, of course, for its Tamworth branch. I I literally... I, I tried to do the job that was the most fun, and for me that was... Uh, either teaching people to ride a snowboard or selling someone a snowboard got nothing to do with my disgraced information information technology teacher. No, but you did get uh, one of the best albums ever made out of it. And you know, I'll I'll take it. But look, um, thank you very much for coming on. I know we we planned to do this a long time ago, but I'm really glad that you uh, you come to do it today. It's one of those things when, sort of, you know, when you are doing stand-up and obviously you've gone on to have a child, um, I've gone on to have multiple breakups, um, life gets in the way. 
well, this is this this is true, but we we, we got it done. Um, so we did. It was brilliant. I really enjoyed myself. This track is your bonus track is alive. So, that concludes this week's episode. We've deliberately kept the music played below the conversation because we believe that all musicians should be paid something for what they do. So if you'd like to listen to the mixtape in full, you can find it on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the links in the show notes of this episode. Or you can find and follow the Facebook page Mixtapes with Mike and I'll share those links on the post that announces this episode. If you've enjoyed the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would share it on your social media with anyone you think would enjoy it. It would mean even more if you would leave us a positive review on iTunes as that will help us reach a larger audience. But in the meantime, I'll see you next week for another episode of Mixtapes with Mike.